Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Max Sports. I got a lot to share with you all today. First things first, thank you to everyone who gave me some support for hitting my 200th episode yesterday. I remember for my 100th episode, I did kind of a special episode. If you don't remember that one and you want to check it out, feel free. It's where I debated artificial intelligence in basketball. Um, that one kind of lasts the test of time. It's not like a current event type of episode. So if you want to listen to that in your free time and hadn't, I definitely recommend checking it out. It was the most work and effort I put into any episode so far. Today's slate of topics will include our Thursday night football game that took place last night, Seahawks and uh, Cowboys. That was a hell of a game. We need to talk about that one. Then we're also going to be talking about the ESPN college pickums. We're going to go through all of my college picks We'll do a little, you know, talk about all of the college football games taking place this week. Remember, this is the final week of college football before the college football playoff locks in and we see who are the final teams. So that is what we're going to be talking about today. Hope everyone wants to stick around and hear all the good stuff we got to talk about. Max Sports is going to be starting right now. I'm a little later than I usually am when it comes to making these episodes, and uh, I, I have no real uh, excuse. Um, I, I usually just am waking up, and my phone wakes me up, and then I, boom, move right over here, get the episode, get my notes pulled up and everything. But this time, I just decided to scroll through social media for a bit, and man, um, I am one of those people that just gets like sucked into the dumbest things uh, on social media. Apparently, uh, Maury Povich is on TikTok now, and you can literally watch like full episodes recapped and all the drama within them in like 30 seconds. So it's like an entire Maury Povich episode, and it's like 30, like they're fighting, the couples are upset, and then it's, you're not the father, and then like everyone goes nuts, and it's just like the ultimate I don't know. It, it just stole my attention span for like 30 minutes this morning. I'm not proud of that, but um, yeah, that that's where we're at right now. So I had to shut that off so we could get back to uh, sports. Yes, I promise this is a sports show. So let's talk about the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Wow, this might have been the best Thursday night football game of the entire season so far. I picked the Cowboys to win this one. They ended up doing so. It was a close one. They had to come back in the second half from this one. But you know what? Dallas did it. Now, this is hard because there's always going to be those people that, you know, rip on them for this. But I'll, I'll say it this way. Seattle had a winning record going into this game. They were a team in the playoff hunt. They still are. Dallas beat them. A lot of people are going to say Dallas still has yet to get a win over a team with a winning record. <laughs> well, you know what? Going into this game, the Seattle Seahawks did. Eventually, you got to realize that when you play a team and you beat them, that puts a loss on their record and makes their record not as good. Yes, uh, the Jets would almost be a 500 team if uh, the, the Cowboys did beat them. The Rams got beat by the Cowboys, they'd have a winning record if it wasn't for the Cowboys beating them. So again, as much as we rip on them for never beating a team with a winning record, let's also pump the brakes. They played really good. Their offense showed up against a solid Seattle defense, and they scored a ton of points. 
I am a little worried with the defense uh, when it comes to Dallas. They gave up 35 points to Seattle, starting with an early catch and just run. It just looked like a quick slant that DK took to the house. Um, perfectly thrown ball directly to Metcalf, and he just took off. Uh, man, um, I'm, I'm probably screwed in fantasy football because my, my opponents in both of the leagues I'm playing had DK Metcalf. Six catches, 134 yards, and three touchdowns. Damn. Uh, Geno Smith had a pretty solid performance. There were a couple times he held onto the ball too long and took some sacks. Uh, he did also have an interception, but you know what? Three touchdowns to one interception and 334 yards. He was pretty solid there. Dak Prescott had just under 300 yards and three touchdowns. This was a solid offensive showing by both teams, something I think both of them wanted to see. Dallas, you wanted to see the offense show up against a better defense. For Seattle, you wanted to see the offense show up in general because there's times where they've struggled in the red zone. So what were my biggest takeaways from this? One, Dallas controlled time of possession a ton. And on top of it, they controlled it when it mattered most in the fourth quarter they got three total scores so when they needed to turn up the heat and get down the field fast they were able to do it but when they needed to run clock off and and really contain the ball and give seattle the fewest amount of chances to win they did it dallas moves to nine and three on the season it looks like they have firmly locked up in my personal opinion the fifth seed unless they can somehow dethrone the philadelphia eagles expect them to most likely play the nfc south in the wild card game which let's be honest that might be the easiest playoff game out of, that any team is gonna have to face because i think dallas would whoop atlanta i think they'd whoop uh new orleans or tampa whoever makes it out of those three i think seattle's a better team than any of those i just mentioned so as for seattle um their road woes hurt. This loss really, really hurts them. Let's look at the standings across the NFL real quick. They are still in the hunt. Like, it's not the end of the world for them. They are technically the seven seed. Now, they have dropped to the seven seed from six because they are actually tied with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but the tiebreaker is conference games. Not only is Seattle 5-4 and four in conference games, which is one loss more than Minnesota, but when it comes to road games, this team is really struggling on the road. I am worried for Seattle, though, because I think there is talent on it, but I think the schedule might be the downfall of Seattle this year. I'm going to pull up the other competitors for their spot. I'm looking at the Seahawks' remaining schedule. They still have to play two, three big opponents that I think could be losses at 49ers versus Eagles versus Steelers. I think they beat the Cardinals and I think they beat the Titans. If they can't beat those two, it's over at six losses. You maybe have room for one more. That means they are going to have to beat two out of three when it comes to the opponents of the 49ers, Eagles and Steelers, and they can't lose any games that they're not supposed to. So I think the Steelers could be a win. Could be. I think that's a 50-50 game, in my opinion, a coin toss. And then maybe the Eagles, because they are coming to um, Seattle. That's the opposite side of the country. It's a night game. Maybe they could pull it off on that one. But if they can't win against San Fran or Philly in the next up-and-coming weeks for them, I think their playoff run comes to an end. Why do I say that? Here are the Packers. 
The Packers come in hot, winning three of their last four games now. They are playing the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, which may end up becoming a loss. But they have a chance to easily win out, in my opinion. At Giants versus Buccaneers, at Panthers, at Vikings versus Bears. I think there's a very easy shot that the Packers could finish at least 9-8, and eight, maybe 10-7. and seven. And uh, that's not very good if you are a Seahawks fan, because that would mean you're on the outside looking in. How about your division rival Rams? They've won two games in a row now. They play the Browns at the Ravens versus the Commanders versus the Saints at the Giants and at the 49ers. I think that there's a very good chance that they win three of these games, but probably the Giants, Saints, and Commanders. If they do that, um, that would put them at about an eight-win season. If they pull one of those upsets, let's say they beat the Browns. Remember, Dorian Thompson-Robinson's injured. It might be Joe Flacco playing. Who knows yet? That could be a win for them. They're at 9-8, and eight, and 9-8 and eight would bump Seattle out if they finish 9-8 as well because they swept Seattle this season. So their playoff hopes are in shambles right now. They have been free-falling losses, and it has not looked good. They have now lost four of their last five, and their schedule is only getting more difficult. So that was the recap of Thursday Night Football. I hope that that game right there is a perfect example of what we could be getting when it comes to um, this whole weekend slate of footballs, football games. I think that this was a great game. And I'm excited to see what this weekend holds for us. We're going to move to college football in segment two. I'm going to grab some water real quick, take, take a quick break. We'll be right on to college football. I'm going to give you my college football picks for all of the conference championship games. And then we're going to see what my picks in the college football uh, or in the conference championship games will equal in ESPN's playoff machine. We'll be right back. I am so excited for conference championship week. I will be honest, while I have said that there is a lot of parity this year, remember we have a top contender for the college football playoff from every conference this year, Oregon, Washington out of the Pac-12, you got Texas coming out of the Big 12, Michigan now in the Big 10, and of course the ACC has Florida State and the SEC has Bama and Georgia. So all of them have their contender. I will say, though, with all the parity, I feel like there haven't been many huge games so far on the season. I think some of the biggest ones you got to highlight, Alabama and Texas. That was a classic. Of course, the game, Michigan and Ohio State. There's been some big ones like that. I'd say Florida State and LSU was a fun one in the first half, but then Florida State pulled away. The thing with college football is I fully believe when it is at its best, it is more enjoyable than NFL football. You can see it in the crowd. You can hear it with the bands. You can see it in the players' eyes. The competition, the energy is unlike anything. But unfortunately, when the games are not close, which is more likely to happen in an amateur sport, the energy is not always there or teams aren't very good and the, the games aren't very close. And that's what happens more often in college football. A 20 point blowout is much more likely at the college ranks than it is the NFL. Most games when the, in the NFL 
are settled within three to six points. So when it comes to college football, there's just a lot of times where you see, ooh, a top 10 matchup, but then you realize only one of the teams showed up for this game and the scores, you know, 31 to six. It's like, well, yeah, it was a top 10 matchup, but what does that really mean? I'd rather have a good football game than a high ranked game. But I think the things that make a really good college football game, you got to have some hype to start things up at the beginning. What what's on the, what's on the line for these teams? Playoff implications. The game is a perfect example. Ohio State Michigan. Playoff implications were on the line for that one. How about this game coming up this weekend? Georgia Bama. If Alabama wins this game, it could be nightmares for the playoff committee that has to determine who gets in. Does Georgia fall out? Does Bama come in? There are implications on the line for these games. And the only thing that I will say is that the one thing that might be good about college football playoff expansion is that you will have more opportunities throughout the season for these games to matter. It won't just be the game between Ohio State and Michigan. It will be several games. Penn State will still be in the conversation. You'll have Texas in a safer conversation than they won't need as many losses ahead of them to, to have their path into the playoff. So I truly think that while there's been a lot of parity this year, there haven't been a ton of close games. Oregon-Washington was a really good one. But other than the few high-end games that if you were able to see them, you know, congrats, you probably got to see a great football game. A lot of these higher-level games, and especially as the, the top-tier talent goes to these bigger programs – a, a top 10 matchup where one team is ranked number one and one team is ranked number 10 is a completely different thing. A top 10 team and a top three team are completely different in today's college football environment. So I'm excited to see the big boys finally fight each other. Georgia, Bama. Why is that not a regular season game? I mean, I would love to see them play in October, you know, or the fact that we're getting a rematch from Oregon, Washington. Since this game, none of these teams, neither team has dropped a loss. It'll be fun to see if Oregon can fix what they did wrong the first time and see if they can bounce back. How about Florida State? They've had a miracle season so far, knocking off LSU early. Are they going to be able to survive with their backup quarterback against a Louisville team that came out of nowhere this year? All of these questions and more, these ch- conference championship games are going to be good. I'm going to go through now and go through my list and pick all of the winners I think will take place during these conference championship games, starting with some of the smaller teams, because in all, on- all honesty, we want to save the big battles for last. To start things off, we're going to do the Sun Belt Championship, the Troy Trojans and the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Now, if you grew up in the Midwest or you are a Michigan fan, you know what damage Appalachian State can do to teams that are favorited. Ask Michigan. Troy comes in at 10-2 on the year, and they are a favorite for this one. But when I say there's a favorite, it should be Appalachian State. They are always find a way to upset the teams. App State already knocked off James Madison and ruined their undefeated season this year for their first year in Division I football. I think they do it again, and I think they beat Detroit Trojans. How about the American Athletic Championship between the Tulane Green Wave and the SMU Mustangs? Remember, SMU is going to be an ACC team soon, so that's something to keep your eye on. And then you got Tulane. Tulane. 
<laughs> Tulane Green Wave. They're a team that made it to the New Year's Six Bowl last year, if you all, if you all remember. Um, they beat Caleb Williams and USC. Now they're off an, or onto another ranked season, starting off 11-1. and one. Very good game for them. Their coach has to be getting some offers in the Power Five. I think that they win and beat SMU in the AAC championship game. Moving on to the Mountain West, one of my favorite football conferences. You got the Boise State Broncos and the UNLV Rebels. Now, I'm going to get really local real quick, but don't worry about it. All I'm saying is for Michigan State Spartan fans out there, if you remember the COVID season where they came into Ann Arbor and smacked Michigan around with some backyard football and Ricky White turned into like Randy Moss, um, Ricky White, a, a player that only showed up for one game ever for Michigan State, he's now at UNLV and he is actually balling out. Um, UNLV has had a very good season so far at nine and three. One of those losses comes at the hands of Michigan. So again, pretty much a nine and two team this year. They're going to be playing Boise State. Boise's actually favored to win this one despite being seven and five. I think I will lean Boise a little bit, but I think it could be a fun game to watch. The MAC Championship. This is my backyard. The MAC, I love it. I got to go to a Western Michigan football game this year against Miami. What do you know? The Miami of Ohio Redhawks are in. But I'm going to be taking who they are matched up against this week. I'm going to be taking the Toledo Rockets. Let's see if there's any other small conference championship games. I'm going to pick them here. Ah, yes. Conference USA. We got the New Mexico State Aggies and the Liberty Flames. Liberty Biberty. Well, I think Liberty's off to a really good season this year. They are undefeated and actually nationally ranked in the college football playoff polls. I think they are going to win this one. They seem to have things working pretty well. Jamie Chadwell is definitely going to be a high, hot coaching candidate for a lot of programs this year. Don't be surprised if Liberty wins, but their coach may be gone after this game. Now that we got all of the smaller games, we got the the undercard done. Let's talk about the main event matchups here. I'll start off with one I think is very uh, safe, a safe pick. Uh, Michigan versus Iowa. The Big Ten Championship has been a joke since East and West has existed, unfortunately, because the West has just been such a poor conference. If there's an Iowa fan in here, I'm going to, like Eminem, I'm going to snap back into reality, okay? Iowa has no chance Michigan will beat them by double digits. This game, Iowa, if they lead, it'll be by a field goal in the first quarter, and Michigan will never look back. This game will not be close. Michigan wins by 30. I don't even like saying that because I'm a Michigan State fan, and I hate this school. But what honestly irritates me more is that Iowa consistently gets these opportunities to go to the Big Ten championship game just to get throttled every time. This is not going to be close at all. Iowa can barely get past Wisconsin's and Minnesota's. They win these games 10 to 3, 3 to 6. No, they are not going to be able to keep up with Michigan. I will give you everything Iowa would need to do to win. They would need to force a turnover margin, probably 3 to nothing. They would not be able to turn over the ball, and they would need to get at least three turnovers in this game. On top of that, two of those turnovers have to be like fumble recovers four touchdowns, or pick sixes. On top of that, they would have to be running offensive schemes yet to be seen by the Iowa Hawkeyes this season. It is not going to be close, and anyone that believes that's the case or, oh, give Iowa a chance, they're the biggest underdog of the weekend. 
at plus 1300. Every other game is a pretty fairly close one. Bama's almost the favorite to beat Georgia. All of these games are very close. Even Oklahoma State is giving a better is getting a better chance to beat Texas than Iowa is to beat Michigan. This is not a game. Give me the Wolverines. Moving on to the ACC championship game, we got the Louisville Cardinals and the Florida State Seminoles. Now remember, this is going to be a game without Jordan Travis, the quarterback for Florida State. They played Florida, the, the Gators, in the swamp and had to tough out a game to have a chance at coming back and winning this one. I don't know the fate of Florida State when it comes to their college football playoff hopes yet because, unfortunately, we, we don't know what's, what's going to be the case with them. Are they going to make the postseason or are they not because of their quarterback? I'm not here to decide that. I don't think it will happen, though, because I am actually picking the Louisville Cardinals to win this game. I think they will. Give me Louisville to beat Florida State in this one. With the upset, I'm picking it because of the quarterback battle. The fact that Florida State's is going to be out. Let's move on to the SEC championship game. And I think this is the one that could affect the college football playoff the most if Alabama wins. Georgia is facing Bama. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a good game. Bama has looked rough at times throughout the season. They lost to Texas early in the year. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they have just, boom, taken off. If you didn't watch the Iron Bowl last week, you missed a classic on, like, I think it was fourth and goal from, like, the 30 due to penalties and fumbles and all sorts of issues. Jalen Milrow throws an absolute laser into the end zone, and uh, Alabama walks away with the victory over Auburn. They could go out and beat Georgia. I think that could have the potential to happen. But as of right now, I'm going to pick the Georgia Bulldogs to win this one. Moving on to the Big 12 championship game, I got the Texas Longhorns beating the Oklahoma State Cowboys. It is funny to see how the Big 12 has handled the Coach of the Year um, award, giving it to Mike Gundy over uh, Texas's head coach. Um, I don't know if that's a jab at Texas because they're leaving the Big 12, so they gave the trophy to the guy that you know, is still going to be there. Um, but at the end of the day, Texas, I think will win the final big 12 championship game that they are going to be a part of. You might see some anger or angst from Oklahoma state. Remember we saw them knock off Oklahoma in their last rivalry game. So maybe Oklahoma state's going to have some sort of anger and try and take out Texas in their final showdown as big 12 rivals. But I think it's going to be the Longhorns here. And then our final game of the conference championship Saturday. This one's actually going to be taking place tonight, Friday. I know. Um, Oregon and Washington. Now, here's the crazy thing about it is that Washington actually beat Oregon the first time around this season. That's the only loss that Oregon has faced this year, and Washington has finished undefeated. I think that this battle could determine who is the favorite for the Heisman between Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr., it is weird, though, that despite Washington winning the first one, they are now plus 300 underdogs. And if you look at the right um, betting uh, places, they are a almost a touchdown and a half underdogs. I'm seeing plus nine. I'm seeing plus 10 on some places. A lot of people believe that the Ducks on a neutral field will be able to turn around and win it this time. Remember, the first game was in Washington, and it came right down to the wire this time. 
Do the Ducks win? I will be picking the Duckies to win this one. Uh, I bet they got some pretty cool uniforms that are going to be played out in this one, but I think that Oregon will upset Washington in this one. We'll see if it happens. So those are the college football picks, and that will be the end of our college football episode that I believe. I don't think there's anything crazy that's happening right now um, besides the transfer portal, which is happening a little bit. Um, lots of quarterbacks are going into the portal already. Some names you might know. UCLA's five-star quarterback from this past year, Dante Moore, is going into the portal. Not surprised there. He was kind of struggling as a true freshman. I think he needed time to sit, in all honesty. Um, the quarterback for the Oregon State Beavers, DJ Uyunglele, he has entered the transfer portal again since his head coach, um, Jonathan Smith, had out, headed off to Michigan State. Will he reunite with him? Who knows? And then the other one I wanted to talk about was Cam Ward, the Washington State quarterback, also going into the transfer portal. A lot of teams are going to have quarterbacks going into the transfer portal now. Um, don't be surprised if you see more than you'd expect. If you're a quarterback that probably is like a fourth, fifth round draft pick as a junior or senior, and you have one more year left of eligibility, why not transfer? I've been hearing a lot of things about the value of some of these uh, transfer level quarterbacks, and they can make up to seven figures for one season. That's going to be more than what you get as a fifth round pick in the NFL. And if you play good enough, you might be able to move yourself up draft boards. So I don't necessarily blame the kids for wanting to do it. That's going to be the end of our college football episode. Thank you all to those who have been watching. Again, thank you to those who have stuck around with me through 200 episodes. You're not tired of my voice yet, so here we are. Um, thank you all, though. I really do appreciate it. I can't wait to do another 200 episodes for you all. And uh, we are closing in on a full calendar year of Max Sports now, which is crazy to, to imagine already. So thank you, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Max. This has been Max Sports. I'll be seeing you on Monday. Adios.